Hello, everybody. This is Glenn Johnson of Review Anything Fame. I just wanted to give you a quick heads up that this episode will probably sound a little different than most of our other episodes. About halfway through the recording, we realized that Joe's mic, Joe Frank of Review Anything Fame, uh, his mic was not plugged in or it wasn't recording right. So it was just audio from his internal microphone on his laptop. Um, so just wanted to let you know, that's why this episode probably sounds a little different. So anyway, enjoy the episode. Levels coming through okay over there, buddy. Oh we're, well, we're live. We're oh. live here in the studio in the with studio Review Anything. My name is Glenn Johnson. And I'm Joe Frank. And we got a really oh. great show for you guys oh, today. do we ever. We do, we oh. do. You're in for a treat. You guys are. So, as you all know... <laughs> Why do people on the radio talk like that, though? I don't know. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Review Anything. My name is Glenn Johnson. And I'm Joe Frank. And we are... Reviewing Anything. Mm-hmm. As you all know, our mission, our goal, all anything. that we... Our passion. It's all we want to do. That's what we're doing. Um, I, again, we do need to address... I know that we've missed a couple episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and if we thought that it was bad last time when we missed just one week, we've missed two weeks in a row. Oh, man. Yeah. That hurts. It does. I'm so sorry. Again, we've heard you. Yeah. Loud and clear. I hope that this will stop the letters. Yeah. I get it. You guys are fans. You like this? That's that's great. That I mean that that warms our hearts. Like really the amount does. of letters we've gotten, even though it's been difficult to, you know, come to terms with. Yeah, we also see the passion. I mean, it's like, but but you know, your heart gets warm to a certain point. Yeah. But then, with all of the name calling, yeah, and it just the content of the letters really starts to take a turn. So, yeah, if you guys could not do that anymore after this that'd yeah. be great because we've got an episode for you so we're, yeah we're you're listening to it right now so please calm down just stop and again like we said last time this will never happen again no never we will never miss our, another week our solemn promise yeah so anyway we just wanted to again address that apologize publicly for the great shame we've brought upon ourselves you guys can stop making up nicknames for us like you have in those letters yeah I don't know how you guys are coordinating to send us all the same letters with the same really mean nicknames, but yeah. How did you like the nicknames you guys came up with are really deeply personal. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, things from my childhood. It's insane. Yeah. So please don't do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've got an episode for yep. you. Yep. So this is going to be another highly requested episode today. Yeah. We've gotten at least six, uh, requests yep for this yep and so you know we're we're diving in <clears throat> this is actually our second david lynch episode it we've, is we've talked about twin peaks the return so this is our first if you don't call twin peaks the return a movie or right. a film right uh this is our first david lynch film that we've talked about appropriate since it was his first feature length true that's true so says wikipedia <laughs> Uh, yeah, today we are talking about David Lynch's 
Eraserheads. Okay, let's do Three, two, one. Eraserhead. The movie. The mo well, the movie's not part of. <laughs> you don't have That's to add. That's subtitle. The... No, it's just Eraserhead. All right, three, two, one. Eraserhead. Eraserhead, the novelization, <laughs> which I have read, and it's really good. It gives a lot of context to the whole. It's a lot of interior. Yeah. About it. It's uh, written by Mark Frost. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little uh, Twin Peaks humor for you guys. Throwing a laugh track, clapping, children laughing. Yeah. All that just happened. Yeah. Today's episode of Review Anything is brought to you by the number two pencil. This is the only writing stick that I use. Yeah. Uh, number one. Bad. No. Do not want. Really bad. Which is kind of confusing because usually... If you say something is number one, it means it's the best. Yeah, people don't chant we are number two. Right, but they should. They should because number two pencil is the best. Number two pencils are number one. Some of the best things have been written with the number two pencil. Dante's Inferno, maybe. Yeah. Uh, was, Probably. <laughs> what else would he have written it on? I mean, that's, yeah. Star Wars Episode One had to have been yep. number one. First draft, I mean, at number least. two pencils. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it had to be a number two pencil. There's so no we got way. Dante's Inferno, Star Wars Episode One. So yeah, thank you to the number two pencil. You got you've always been there for us. Yeah, this uh, uh, this this really did mean a lot. Just yeah. after all my years of usage and yeah, you know, it's it's a big honor. It is it really the number is. two pencil corporation yep. is a great corporation. Now back to the episode. <laughs> In heaven, everything is fine. Mm -hmm. You've got your good thing, and I've got mine. Hi. That's Welcome to today's episode of Review <laughs> Anything. <laughs> oh, man. What um, a movie. What a... What a... I feel yeah. like Eraserhead... We, we've been talking about this since we watched it, which was your first time all the way through. You'd seen quite a bit of it. I'd seen... I would say I'd probably seen like 40% mm -hmm. of the movie just in like watching scenes and I had a friend in college, Wes, if you're listening, uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> we sat in his dorm room and watched pieces of this movie and we're just kind of like laughing and shock and confusion yeah. at, at it. So that was my introduction to David Lynch. I had never seen a single David Lynch movie. Didn't even really know who he was. I just knew that this movie existed. And I had heard of Twin... Well, I don't even know if I had heard of Twin Peaks. I had heard of, like, Mulholland Drive. And I had heard of his other one, uh, Inland Empire, because of Shot on the Camera that I owned. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And I was very disappointed to see how that looked. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, this movie was shot on the same camera that I have. And I, I could do this. I could make a film... Or, yeah. clips from it and i was like oh this doesn't make me feel good uh had you not seen elephant man actually yeah i had but, but maybe did, just not made not the connection known. that that is the same yeah i didn't yeah. know that that was i didn't know who made that or I, I wasn't really at the time when i watched elephant man i didn't really know or care who directed it yeah Eraserhead was i think a little i think it was the first david lynch movie i watched but i had seen all of twin peaks yeah. The first two seasons. Yeah. So you had some 
yeah. some context for because a lot of times Eraserhead feels like the weirdest parts of Twin Peaks. Yeah. I mean, yes. Even the original Twin Peaks, like the, some of those editing choices and the, the character interactions. And, yeah, the, the interactions feel very similar. To, yeah. To some of the weirdest Twin Peaks stuff. Yeah, and I, well, I feel like what we've been talking about since we watched it was that when you watch it, it is there's a lot of somewhat indiscernible <laughs> moments or choices or shots, but when you when you actually get down to like what it's actually about, or at least how you could interpret it, yeah, it's about marriage, it's about parenthood, it's about fidelity or infidelity, lust, yeah, salvation, fate. So, like, what do you think stuck out the most just having watched it all the way through? Or or even stylistically or yeah. thematically, what do you think sticks out the most? Well, I think the thing that I keep, like you said, like, like there's a lot about it that is super weird and confusing when you get really, like, granular with it. It's like, what does this shot mean or this shot? Like, I don't know what any of this stuff means. It's just weird but if you do step back and look at it from a higher level, it seems pretty straightforward almost, mm-hmm. which is weird to say, but it definitely feels like a commentary on being a, pa- a parent, for especially probably a first-time parent, and dealing with a baby that's screaming nonstop and randomly sick and mm-hmm. just like not really knowing, being out of your element with that kind of stuff, and then... I feel like it definitely portrays that like extreme exhaustion that parents most likely always mm-hmm. experience with a first, especially a first child. Um, like suddenly it's night, suddenly it's morning. Yeah. It's like the time and the way scenes cut together is very dream like yes. logic. Yeah. Which I think when you get to that level of exhaustion, it's just like everything's like you can't keep track of time you can't keep track of like yeah it's just you're kind of kind of in a waking nightmare almost. Mm-hmm. and also i feel like deals with a little bit like the loss of freedom that having a kid yeah comes with because there's that yeah. part where he like starts walking out the door and he opens it and then the, <laughs> it, it starts crying and then he like closes it and makes sure it's okay and then he it like quiets down so he opens the door again and then it starts yeah. crying again so it's it's and it is very confined to that little one yes. room very much which has got to be a, a thing being a parent it's like i just want to get out of here i mean that the the scene with the the wife where she's just like i just need a night walk yeah night yeah <laughs> that, i mean that felt very real like yeah. to, from what i've under from what i've perceived with uh parents but yeah just another thing that i think struck me about it that i wasn't expecting um, it's just how funny it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was like, we were laughing yeah. a lot. Yeah. I mean, some of, some of it's like a, like a laughter out of like, I don't know what's happening. This is super weird. Um, but a lot of it is, it's shot and edited in a humorous way. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's these weird little goofy moments that I feel like that's just David Lynch's humor. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one that. I feel like we laughed pretty hard at was that scene where she's leaving and then she like crouches at the end of the bed and starts just like pulling on the bed and yeah. Henry is very confused 
looking around and it goes on for like 30 seconds a very long time and she finally pulls out a suitcase and then yeah. walks like it was stuck under the bed and she was just trying to get it loose <laughs> so which is great because I, I and this is i think the the line you have to walk with the david lynch film is not trying to overanalyze it yeah. where like every right. little moment or character or scene has to have some like it doesn't have to stand for something because it right. can just create an atmosphere and a mood that yeah. is very yeah disturbing or unnerving or whatever. But in a scene like that, you know, earlier in the movie, there are times where characters just do things that yeah. you just don't get why they're doing it. Uh, like when he goes over to her family's house and Mary just starts like whimpering and the mom starts brushing her hair or the mom yeah. just starts making weird noises at the yeah. dinner table. So when she kneels down and starts shaking the bed, you're like, maybe this is just some weird thing that she's yeah. doing and yeah. it'll just stop and we won't, I won't get why she did it. But then it almost subverts that by she's just getting a suitcase yep. and then she leaves. Yeah. And who knows how conscious David Lynch was doing stuff like that. Cause it seems like for a lot of stuff, he thinks of an image and then he just rolls with it and sees yeah. what happens. Yeah. I feel like the dinner scene is just a whole topic of a podcast. Mm -hmm. alone. Yeah. Like, that's just so, it's so insane. <laughs> and I think that is one of the funniest scenes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so, so weird. Yeah. But it's also really funny. Like, yeah. I mean, the dad, everything the dad says is funny. It's all just And that's, so... that's that line of like funny, disturbing. Yeah. Where... There's that whole part where he says something. He says, "Well, Henry, what do you know?" And then he just keeps smiling at him, and he just keeps smiling. Meanwhile, the daughter's like sobbing in the background. Yeah, and it's like that's funny, but that shot is also very unnerving. It is where he's just smiling at him, and she yeah peeks out the door and like cries. Yeah, it's <laughs> very unnerving. It's so weird. I mean, it, it does. I I guess like, and David Lynch is really good at creating those like scenes that make you feel a way that you don't even really know how to articulate but like in situations like that where you're meeting someone's parents and maybe there's some kind of tension with like like they had kind of a a secret almost that they didn't know that her parents didn't know about there's moments like that in the return too where mm -hmm. it's just like these horrific scenes are playing out but it's like the character's are just in this like dream state where they yeah they're like going Henry or... yeah Henry seems to be the only one that's recognizing the yeah. oddness of it all yeah I mean he's still odd but he and maybe it's just Jack Nance like that face where his eyes are just always it's always confused yeah and, and just wide concerned. like staring at yeah. everything but he seems to be the only one that's recognizing the strangeness of everything yeah. going on, which is similar to some stuff in Twin Peaks, the return, yeah. Yeah. which that's something else that we talked a lot about, which I don't want to get talking too much about similarities because people may not have seen Twin Peaks, the return too, but there are so, so many similarities to this in Twin Peaks, the return, which yeah. is crazy that his first and potentially last film yeah. have so many visual similarities yeah and stylistic similarities i think that's another interesting thing to talk about too is just how lynchian this movie is mm -hmm. for for being the very first 
full-length movie that it's it's got everything yeah. that makes David Lynch like his films what they are. All like, of his obsessions, all of his the slow pace, the very like letting things just play out. The even just like the super like technical stylistic things that that kind of set him apart, they're all in this. Mm-hmm. And even some of the like weird things that tie some of his stories together that don't seem related, but then there's these like weird similarities that you can see. Like there were there were things in in this one that we were like, oh, that's like the mm-hmm. the creature and in the return or in you know whatever and yeah there's the tree yeah there's a picture of the nuclear bomb going off hanging up on his wall which is a huge part of twin peaks the return right like how it's so interesting (laughs) yeah yeah well and i I mean this world that this is taking place in is clearly like some kind of post-nuclear mm-hmm world there's just steam everywhere there's so yeah messed up yeah I mean, it's funny when the dad is, like, complaining about it. He's like, I was here when this neighborhood was nice or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then he also kind of, like, takes responsibility for it because he says he's the guy who put in all the pipes. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's so weird. But, but yeah, there's just so much to say about this movie. But the the way everything is realized is just... Yeah. And I think that's uh, probably why this is my favorite David Lynch film and, and in, like, my top films of all time is I don't feel like I've seen movies very much where every detail, every shot and moment makes you feel like this world is real and yeah. it doesn't feel like the real world. No, there's something off. Like even like his radiator, there's just like hay or yeah. dirt or like yeah. mulch stacked around his radiator. The plant on his nightstand yeah. is not in a pot. It's, it's just, just a, a mound of dirt. Of dirt. It's like there's yeah, just the it's it's such an interesting world that mm-hmm. he created. And it's very claustrophobic, yeah. very So and I think that's what we were talking about is it's not a world that you like enjoy no. spending time in, but because it's so intricately realized and and you know, a lot of that did have to do with the fact that it was made over such a long period of time that yeah. I mean years and years yeah. that these things just kinda sat and were lived in and you know i i think that that does add to it a lot but for sure especially with how lynch seems like how he likes to work of having a lot of time to be in a space and come up with ideas and try things yeah some of those shots in in the movie that feel kind of random i feel like that that had to have been just david lynch grabbing the camera and playing around yeah 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 because there there are a lot of shots that are very clearly very planned out Mm -hmm. very intentional like some i mean there's some very traditional shots in this and there's some push on a dolly yeah yeah yeah, dolly shots there's like these very uh well composed wide shots of you know where everything's all symmetrical but then there's these little moments of like handheld Mm -hmm. camera that just look look very different yeah it feels like maybe david lynch was like at the end of the the shoot day, it was just like, all right, give me the camera. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of it is very focused on like texture and yeah. like there's at, at the very beginning, there's the shot, a handheld shot, just looking in the mud and the just whatever. Yeah. It almost looks like a chemical spill or something. Yep. 
then they're in the house it like pans past the dog I love the nursing dog and the radiator into the curtains the and... dog is like looking at the camera yeah yeah it's, yeah it's great yeah also i love that scene when he walks in and you just hear the sound and i i comment i was like they have like baby chicks yeah or you just see like just, you just see these like 20 dogs eating from their mom it's like it's so it finally cuts shy. to that after a couple minutes that that's just going on yeah. in the corner yeah it's insane yeah i think one of my favorite parts about the movie and i've honestly never gone and googled anything trying to find explanations or anything mm. my favorite part is like i still don't really know what the lady in the radiator means yeah what that scene where those whatever those are fall from the ceiling and she squishes them and then later he finds those in his bed and throws them like i don't i still like to like i don't get exactly what that that is or what that's trying to say i don't know if you have any thoughts or if you well when he finds them in the bed i kind of felt like that was like a nightmare of like having more babies yeah because he's also i think it i think it the movie is also dealing with uh, his like consequences of his actions. Like he seems to be pretty, pretty open to just sleeping with whoever mm -hmm. comes along. Mm -hmm. And then now it's like, Oh, like he, he it's almost like he's, he's having a, a mm. dream mm. about like there is a cause or there's a reaction to, yeah. Or an he's effect like of your actions. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's already kind of horrified by this uh -huh. other quote unquote baby that they've had. So then the lady in the radiator squishing them. Yeah, that I don't know. Is that like... I, mean, I assume that the radiator woman is also a dream. Because mm -hmm. then he ends up walking up on the stage and mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like he's seeing that little light in the radiator, but then... Yeah, I don't know. It's clearly in the radiator, so I would imagine that's a uh, dream. Yeah, and I think actually we kind of mentioned maybe that that is a little bit like escapism yeah because he come like you mentioned he comes home and he just lays on the bed while his the wife is the feeding baby. yeah his wife yeah. is feeding the baby and he just kind of stares in there and then imagines because he when he does go up on stage with her and he touches he like touches her shoulder or something and then it's just like this bright light yeah and then he takes it away and touches her again and it's this bright light and then that's the the end is he's in this white space hugging her and almost looking finally at peace yeah. But I don't know. I still don't really know what that is. What, like, what, what kind of peace does he come to? Cause that also is right after he, like, cuts open and stabs his child and yeah. it turns into this giant head. Like, I don't, I don't understand those last five minutes. It, yeah. It's pretty insane. And I, but I, I guess my point is I also kind of am okay not totally getting it because i feel yeah. like it's something that i can return to and keep thinking about and which i feel that way about mulholland drive like i don't and maybe dave lynch would be like i don't know i just thought it looked cool like i yeah. just liked having him end on him hugging her like i don't because that what's the last shot of a racer head yeah it's his face hugging her looking like really at peace and then okay. it just cuts to black okay yeah i don't know I mean, and that's after he killed, after supposedly he killed, killed his baby. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's like there was some <laughs> release in having that. Maybe that's 
all maybe it's all in a dream slash nightmare like imagining getting rid of his baby yeah. like not having that responsibility anymore yeah. that's another escapism yeah and it's weird because the baby is very disturbing looking it's like slimy and it's just yep. gross like when it's feeding it and it's just like spinning yeah. the food back out but then like you feel i feel i feel really bad for it when he cuts it open oh like yeah it's it's pretty pretty horrifying yeah it is. and like it coughs up blood and then all that yeah bile or oatmeal it looks like or yeah whatever like it's very it's a very disturbing scene and it is and i think that's where the farther back you get the more it makes sense like yeah 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 because yeah to your point like it is about parenthood yeah and commitment fear of that like that's yeah. that's pretty obvious yeah what exactly it means by him cutting it open and stabbing it and it turning into a giant head. I don't know. Right. I don't know what that means. Well, and you know, the whole, I assume, well, yeah, I guess it is a dream sequence where he, his head pops off mm-hmm. and the little kid comes and grabs it and takes Sells it, it. the eraser man. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? Like, <laughs> what does that mean? It's, yeah, and I, I think that I mean I think it's just like the the imagery that kind of like points mm-hmm. to feelings. Yes. You know, like the assembly line of erasers and which I, I think I came away from that like, you know, as a parent you might feel like, Man, this is I, this is really hard, like no one could ever understand how hard this is. But then like taking a step back from it and being like, Well, I mean, millions of people have done mm-hmm. this and mm-hmm. there you have had the exact same struggles I'm having. Yeah. And I'm not unique yeah. in that. Right. So I don't know if that maybe is yeah. something that that part is trying to say, but that's what I kind of gleaned from it. Yeah. But then, yeah, the end, I have, I feel very lost when it comes to the end. I, I think when it ended, it like there were moments in the movie where I was like, I feel like this is, you know, I, I feel like I can see like what the meaning of a lot of this stuff is like. Um, and then at the end it was like, uh, I don't know what I just watched. <laughs> so maybe that was, maybe that was David Lynch being like, well, don't get too comfortable. This is still, art, yeah, yeah, like yeah. You still have to still need to use your brain. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's what I love about David Lynch films is it's not, you know, it's not easy. It's not something no. that you just get right away. No. And and a lot of times, I mean, yeah, maybe you're not supposed to get it. You're just supposed to feel something because film yeah. evokes just a mood, which right. she obviously is very concerned about with sound design, yep. with the way that shots are composed and people act within those shots. And I mean, it feels like with this, this movie and then there's other, there's moments in the return and, and things where it, it feels like David Lynch is just trying to communicate a feeling that he's felt. Yeah. And like recreate it for the audience. Yep. And that may be all it is like that, that whatever scene in the movie that doesn't seem to make sense. Like you feel something you while feel it's going on. Yeah. And that may be all he's trying to do. There, yeah. there may not really be a, a deeper meaning to yeah. some of it. That's a completely good goal as a filmmaker to invoke a feeling. I mean, that's, you know, it's not all about creating an intricate plot and mm-hmm. telling a coherent story. There's also just you, the feeling that the audience should have as they're as they're watching the film. Which I mean, 
most of David Lynch's work is based on that. It's not really plot driven. It's it is very event driven or yeah. almost scene driven more than plot driven. Yeah. I mean Twin Peaks is presented as a traditional murder mystery slash soap opera almost. Mm-hmm. But it's not, not. <laughs> at all. Like it's yeah. There's so much in that show that is very much very much David Lynch. Yeah. One one piece of Eraserhead that I really like and that I think I kind of have got more and more as it's gone along or that I've watched it because this was the fourth time I've watched it, I think. Yeah. Is when he gets that little earring or little box. Yeah, yeah. He gets the little box in the mail. He goes out and opens it and it's just this little worm thing. And when he comes home, Mary is like, do we have any mail? He's like, nope. And then he hides it away. It's almost like him trying to hold on to this little bit of freedom or a little bit of his own like a secret like something that's just for him yeah no one else knows about because at the beginning of the movie i mean he lives a very isolated life yeah it shows him it takes like five minutes for him to walk to his apartment and from what i can tell it's him and that other lady across the hall yeah and it's just this one little room and it doesn't seem like he's actually that upset about that like that doesn't it seems like he's kind of happy with his little apartment home yeah i mean it seems like yeah and so then now whenever he has a crying baby and a wife and he shares a bed now and all that like to have this little tiny thing that he just keeps to himself and doesn't tell anyone about and takes out and looks at and but then it's almost like that secret grows because there's that scene where it's just a little worm rolling around yeah. It's like the secret grows bigger and then that's when it leads to him sleeping with the lady across the hall. So it's almost this like maybe if you let these secrets and these things like the that just grows and grows and you become more comfortable with bigger secrets. I don't know. That's yeah. kind of how I interpreted that little Well and then the what and then it escapes at one point. Mm-hmm. So what I mean, I guess he Yeah, well it becomes this like big mouth and the camera like pushes into it or something so it's almost like falling into that secret which i mean there's a lot in his movies of like pushing into something like in mulholland drive it pushes into that box yeah and here it pushes into that Uh, and twin peaks the return it pushes into the uh nuclear warhead yeah like there's a lot of this like things there are things inside of these things that yeah there's so much in this movie that it's like this was his initial like playing around with some of these ideas and then later on you see them like more fleshed out Mm -hmm. or just come back in different ways like the uh i think we mentioned the uh the bed being like a puddle oh yeah this like murky liquid like whenever he's having an affair yeah kind of looks similar to the the little puddle of liquid out in the woods in The Return, which, you know, who knows if there's any real intentional similarity, but, like, there's just so many visuals and things that that tie into other David Lynch works mm-hmm. that it's just interesting to... And honestly, mainly Twin Peaks The Return. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, a lot of his other movies are, to some extent, controlled by a studio Mm -hmm. so there's only so much 
Damon Lynch that we have that's just his full creative mm-hmm. control where he's not working under some type of constraints. Right. I mean, he, there's always constraints, but yeah. like, but I mean, yeah, here it's like even electricity flickering lights. Yeah. Like that's a huge thing in twin peaks, all of twin peaks. I mean, yeah. the pilot when Cooper is taking the things out of yep. uh, her fingernails, the, the lights are flickering light. yeah. nonstop. Like at the end, there's sparks shooting out of the electrical outlet, which is, I yeah. mean, there's stuff like that in the return. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's just interesting that, when he was whatever in his twenties or making his first film, all of these visual and aesthetic obsessions or whatever you'd call them were already present and pretty realized in that to your point, like you said earlier, like what people call Lynchian, it was already there in his first film. It wasn't like, Oh, I could see he was trying to figure out how to do something like that. Yeah. Like sound design and everything. Like it's all there already. Yeah. And I mean, from the very beginning of the movie, the editing, just every every aspect of it is so unique. Mm-hmm. Super controlled. Yeah. Well, that's why I, in the first like two minutes, you're like, did David Lynch edit this? And I was like, <laughs> I actually don't know. And then, yes, he did. He did. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's so singular. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, I mean, I uh, it, it's interesting because this is not a movie that I would, want to go back to very often but it is very good it, it's just the epitome of david lynch it, it is. just feels like if you could distill all of his things down into one movie this is it's a racer head and it's I mean, and it's 90 minutes or yeah. an hour 40 it's yeah. very contained even though a lot i mean and that's I, this is the exact same thing that we talked about with the return which was 18 hours so obviously way bigger scale but there's just so many ideas visuals themes like he crams so much into an hour and 40 minutes yes it's every time i've watched it i've like is this scene about to happen and then it it's a totally different scene i'm like i forgot that that was even here yeah so there's just so many ideas explored yeah for sure and i i think it's also interesting i mean the fact that it's 90 minutes like Mm -hmm. it felt like the right length mm-hmm. when it ends it's not to it never gets to the point where it's like when is this going to be over mm-hmm. it's it's a good because there's only so much of that mm-hmm. vibe that you can handle <laughs> uh, i mean because you know episode eight of the return it's one episode it's very contained in, within that and it is kind of like another eraser head like it's yeah. very very weird very slow paced and unnerving and yeah, so like that, all a lot of that is in in this episode or in this movie. It's almost like that. Anyway, I'm rambling, but yeah, it's very like you said, it's very contained within that 90 minutes, and mm-hmm. I think it, it never goes on for too long. No. It feels like the right length. Yeah, yeah, um, it's really good. You should all watch it. Everybody in the audience that's listening to this is gonna absolutely love this movie. Yeah, it's a crowd pleaser. It is. It's a, I mean, I would. I would say it's one that, yeah, you just want to gather the whole family together Friday night. Yeah, they're going to love it. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's so much humor. Uh, He steps in a puddle at the beginning. It's so funny. That was funny. Yeah. Which, that's another quick thing. Um, (laughs) Being serious again. Uh, Jack Nance, there's moments where he's moving through the scene where I am like questioning, is this 
fast motion? Like, is this mm, shot mm-hmm. like in a lower frame rate to like make it look? Because he has this like Charlie Chaplin old silent movie kind of yeah. feel when he just the way he walks mm-hmm. and moves. It's very. There's that scene early. Oh, well, actually, it's like the very first scene after the opening kind of prologue where he's walking home and there's like these mounds of dirt and he just like walks up one and like, it's very unnecessary yeah. the way that he walks around to navigate through these mounds. Yep. But yeah, like all that is very cartoony. Yeah. And the way he stands and carries himself, it's just very odd. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously his hair just very oh, yeah. iconic the way yeah. that it's poofed up like that. One of my favorite things in the, it's very early on. He's just sitting on the bed and the camera pushes in and rotates around him. And it's perfectly framed to show the magnitude of his hair. <laughs> I mean, like most of the time, like, you you know, in, in cinematography, you have the rule of thirds and you keep someone's eye line on the top third yeah. uh, of the frame to kind of create this balance. But in that shot, he just that's out the window the 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 hair is the top third the top third i mean it's like i love that yeah it's such a funny looking shot yeah yeah and and that last shot too or not last shot but very it's iconic it's like the shot from Eraserhead where he's just like looking with all of the like particles yeah particles which there is so many really pretty incredible visuals of he has a lot of really cool close-ups in this movie but also like of almost like elemental things like there's a there's a shot where something falls into water and there's like the bubbles coming up and it looks like it doesn't seem real no yeah i know what you mean i mean it's uh and i all of that stuff to me like is so fascinating and i would love to i would love to know more about how David mm-hmm. Lynch created some of that stuff. And I, cause I, I feel like it was all very low fi. It was mm-hmm. probably very much like using fish tanks and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm sure it'd be yeah. really fun to like see that process. Yeah. Yeah. Which also, I mean, we did kind of talk about it, but I think this is probably, this is probably the most beautiful David Lynch film too, from the way it's shot. Like, yeah, I think the cinematography is just beautiful. It is all the way through i mean there are parts that like you don't really want to watch but like it's it's just gorgeous the it whole is. way through yeah it's really well shot and the visuals that he created you know not that have nothing to do with cinematography it's just like this is this just looks crazy yeah and the, the fact that he created something like this on zero budget yeah. almost and like in the 70s before I mean, like some of the, just the filmmaking techniques in this are, it, it's mind boggling that, that this was made in 1977. This was not mm-hmm. the way things were done. Yeah. Even just editing, like you, people didn't edit that way. No. Yeah. That shot at the end where it's cutting really fast between the large baby head and it's just yeah. like in different positions and also very tuned up to this sound of like that i don't know yeah yep. it's very again very david lynch right off the right yep. out of the gate 
I love that part at the beginning where it's it's showing all the bubbles and everything and the the water and then it just goes there's like a hit there's like a and it cuts to like the interior of some hole or something and it's like yeah slowly moving yeah up. like it's it looks, gorgeous like what is that how did he like shoot Star that? Wars or something yeah it's like this it feels like inside an asteroid or, yeah but it's also really like kind of gross mm-hmm. like slimy but the way it cuts to that. It just that feels like a modern mm-hmm. thing because there's all this noise and then it just goes, Dum! yeah, and it like it's a totally different soundscape and like I feel like we're getting super technical, <laughs> but like I just I love that kind of stuff yeah. and it's it's stuff that like I said you don't see in the seventies. Mm-hmm. It's just not it's not the way people thought, and he really was he was he was onto some. Some stuff. It was all weird. And that's and that's where I think we talked about this both with our I'm thinking of ending things and Twin Peaks the Return reviews is because obviously I'm thinking of ending things was very inspired by especially the scene where they where he goes to Mary's parents' house. Yeah. Basically almost like worst case scenario in terms of awkwardness. Yeah. Yeah. And heightened awkwardness and weirdness. But that difference of like making something weird just for it to be experimental or weird, which I'm sure there are still many people who would watch Eraserhead. In fact, I know that because I watched this with my friend Jake and he hated it and still hates it to this day. But that would watch this and say, it is just being weird just to be weird. Yeah. Which fair, but I don't think it is. And like, that's the difference between someone trying to make a movie like David Lynch and Lynch making a movie is, is, and I don't, it might be something that's not really quantifiable, but it is just an artistry. Yeah. I feel like an artistry that is there in terms of, cause it's, I mean, it, it, it would be kind of undeniable to say that this movie isn't well shot or beautiful or interestingly yeah. put together. So that artistry is there. It's not just trying to be weird to be weird. Cause I feel like I've seen movies that tried to be like Lynch, but yeah. just, I, it's it's trying to do it instead of just doing it because right. that's how you want to make it. Right. I don't know. That's that's pretty hard to describe, but No, I I agree. I mean, it is there's a fine line there. I mean, you can and and some of it some of these moments in this movie may be just weird for the sake of being yeah. weird. That it may just be David Lynch being like I like this idea and I'm going to do it. Mhm. And that I don't know what it means, but people can take what they want from it. I mean, that that's fine, too, if that's how he was approaching some of it. But I think overall, it definitely has. I think he was definitely trying to communicate themes and feelings, especially feelings. Yes. Um, to the audience. So I, I think, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's just weird for the sake of being weird. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Eraserhead. We, we unlocked all the secrets yep. of Eraserhead. You guys all know how exactly what this movie is about now. Thanks. Uh, this podcast is called Eraserhead Ending Explained. Yeah. <laughs> thumbnail. Oh, the thumbnail is just... us like looking shocked, yeah. staring at, or like um, I I have my hands on my on your face, like the Home Alone, like yeah. shocked, and I'm looking, and you're like you have like your arms kind of like 
Like what? Well, no, like, I'm, I'm. It's more like I'm like, yeah, I just dropped a truth. Bomb. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Then, I'm, I look shocked. You're you're like kind of smug looking yeah. at me. And, and then, in the background is the lady in the radiator. Yeah, and then also just the thumbnail of, I mean the uh, the still of Jack Nance. Yes. Staring. Yeah. With backlit. Yep. That's got to be in there. That's the yep. That's the thumbnail for this episode. The radiator lady is on my head. Yeah. You know, just like dancing. On yeah. Me. Yeah. And I'm just like, there it is. That's what it means. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I expect a call from David Lynch any day to uh, congratulate us yeah. on our. Well, as, as we've talked about in our After Sun episode when we were sponsored by that camera that he oh, yeah. shot in the yeah, Empire yeah. on, we did talk to Lynch because we asked him if we could be sponsored by the pro version, and he said no. Remember, he said, no, you can't have it. That's true. Yeah. So we do have his number, so we could could reach back out. I'll call him tomorrow. That'd be great. Yeah. About this episode. If we can get that scheduled, that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll let you know next time how that went. Yep. Uh, Should be good. We'll definitely, we'll definitely remember to check back in on this. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> Well, yeah, there it is, Eraserhead. I would, I would recommend checking it out. It's a weird one, and it takes takes some time and patience, but uh, it's worth it. It's worth it if you can if you can get through it. It's it's worth it. Yep. What a recommendation! <laughs> if you can, if, if you, you can, can get through it, it's worth it. This movie, it's worth it. <laughs> All right, we'll uh, see you guys again in two weeks when we will never miss an episode ever again. Never again. We promise. We've learned our we, lesson. We literally went to court and swore in the court of law that we would yeah. not ever miss an episode again. So you guys can legally sue us. We yeah. just want to throw well, that out there. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, I know. I, I'm just telling them their rights. That's true. I know that you, you really don't that. want that to they happen. but yeah. I, 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 want, I want it to be fair that they know exactly what Yeah, exactly. I just want them to know what their rights yeah, are, yeah, that you yeah. can legally sue us. Just for our entire life savings. Not again. Yeah. We did have one fan do that yeah, already. It's, it's, it was such a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, but we're we're sorting out. Thankfully, with all of our sponsorships, we have, you know, I mean, That's Tom Cruise usual. paid us $10 million yeah. last time. So that, I mean, yeah, most of that went to legal fees. It did. But, uh, uh, pretty much all of it, actually. Yeah. It's fine. But, you know, that's well, why but, we do this. Yeah, that is. That's why we do this. So and, we can pay to not get sued by our fans that's why we're here yeah and i mean we don't have anything to worry about because we will never miss an episode again right exactly so until next time when we review anything, anything.